Okay, we're on. Yay! Are Yay. we recording? I think. I think so. Yep. Yes, we are. Sweet. Woo! <laughs> Touch and go on a Sunday. <laughs> Sunday recording session. Sunday recording, which, you know, is going to have all kinds of fun little elements to it. I mean, we're trying a new platform, but what we aren't trying out is a new guest. We have a super fun Zen friend with us. Ms. Lori Lacombe is back Woo! in the studio virtually today. We are, she's at Yoga Bomb and uh, we are in my closet recording in our studio. So welcome, Lori. Exciting. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be with you all again. Well, virtually, oh, I guess. Yeah. It's been a long time. We haven't seen you, but we've seen you. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I've yeah. seen you over Zoom. I've taken some of your online classes and I loved that um, during this pandemic that you guys were so great about opening up your studio and opening up yoga and, you know, kind of, I felt like a really great forefront of leading the Louisville yoga community in these online classes. And I was, it was such a, just a huge relief. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of people feel that same way of like, thank goodness you didn't take away yoga. <laughs> Lori was the first in Louisville that I saw. Yeah. yeah. And you, you nailed it. I mean, I enjoyed every class that I took online. I was like, this is awesome. This is exactly <laughs> what I need. And like, I, I know you, I love you. I know, like I needed your comfort in my own life. So I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm so glad. Good. I'm glad it helps. Yeah, we. it was really important for us to keep going in some capacity. And I think that a lot of people felt the same way that they just like needed that connection during that time. And luckily, I have experience teaching online already. So it wasn't that major of a transition. But yeah, it worked out. And I'm really grateful for having all of that organized. And now we're just doing it still. And it's yeah. working. Oh, so, so are you going to keep this going even like post whatever? Art I think like so. Yeah. I mean, people love it. And I mean, you know, there's a lot of people that still aren't super comfortable with coming in person. So we, yeah, we have a lot of people that are still virtual and in the studio. So now it's hybrid. I think when maybe Shannon took it before it was only virtual. And so now we do have some people in the studio with masks on and social distance and everything. And then we have some people zooming in. That's great. Can you give us a rundown yeah. of the criteria if you were going to go in, in person? What your what are your safety measures that you're taking? Yeah, so we are we are allowing prop use, but we're cleaning every single thing after every single use. So we have that in place. We have mat spaces set up in a socially distanced way. So we measured all that out. So you've got your little mat square or rectangle, and people can just filter in like that. We are wearing masks during the entire practice and. Uh, you know, I know some places aren't doing that, but it's helped us feel really good about coming in and teaching. And it takes a lot of the fear out of it for us, you know, like putting ourselves in a group of people. And I think that our students appreciate it too. And it's an adjustment to practice with a mask on. But I think after you've done it twice, it's like just, it feels pretty normal. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So you know, I was reading a study. Um, I was reading a study on, um, I don't know what it I don't remember what the outlet was. I think it was like NBC, but they said that wearing a mask does prevent like up to 99% of the pathogens like leaving into the air. They did a study on like the, um, mm -hmm. on airplanes and like, that's why it's so important oh, okay. that and they might still keep the mask on for a long, long time because it's just in, and plus like the filters and all that kind of stuff, but it's, it's mm -hmm. really helping. So I feel like it's, if it's good for planes then it's definitely good for yoga studios. Yeah. And I mean, I know I, I can't speak for all of my teachers, but I think a lot of us just haven't been sick 
during this time, just because of the precautions we're taking. I don't even mean like coronavirus, but like at all. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's kind of cool too. Um, so it's, yeah, a pretty cool benefit. And we are having people like register in advance so that we don't end up in a situation where there's like a ton of people waiting for a spot. So I feel pretty good about our system. Everything's in place and it's working out. Everybody's been really understanding with, you know, modifying how they're used to doing their yoga practice. And yeah, yeah. it's great. That's amazing. Well, there's, I mean, are you doing any breath work during this <laughs> in your, in your mask? No. Well, I mean, it depends on exactly what you mean by breath work. Of course, we're still cueing the breath and everything, but we're not doing like a vigorous pranayama practice before and after. And, you know, we'll like do some group breathing and inhaling and exhaling, but we're not leading a pranayama practice. And actually we are having like a pranayama workshop later in the year, which we decided to move to virtual format because of that. And it's not just because of the mask, but also like if you're forcefully exhaling in a room, that doesn't seem quite right in these times. (laughs) Yeah. And that's, I'll be honest, like that's still my biggest, like, hurdle that I mentally and like emotionally just feel like I have to get over. It's like being in a place where that external and forceful breath is just Mm -hmm. all around. Like that's where I'm like, "Mm, I'm not there yet. I'm just right. And that's why we decided on the masks. We were just like, I mean, if we are still going to talk about breathing and connect our breath with our movement, like this is really, really important. Yeah. (laughs) And I don't know that six feet is enough when we're talking about like the kind of activity that we're doing. Yeah. Well, I I really do love and appreciate that you are taking such great precaution and just making it again, it's like the yoga safe space. It always has been and always will be. You're continuing, you know, that journey that you've started with that. So hats off to you, my friend. You're doing it. Thanks. You did a great job. So we want to get started. Um, So give our listeners kind of a rundown, a quick rundown of your creds, like how we know you and how Louisville knows you. Yeah. So my name is Laurie LeCompte. I own Yoga Baum and I know you all from the yoga world and both of you all have actually done trainings with me, which is super cool. And Shannon did 200 hour, the 200 hour training with me and Brittany is in the 300 hour. And yeah, I just know you all from teaching around town and yoga world stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All the yoga. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so, um, so you own yoga Baum and, um, it's a very, and what I want to say to our listeners about, if you haven't had a chance, it is a, it's a cool studio. It's not a, a warm room or anything, which we talk a lot about, um, through our yoga journey. Another thing is it's very, the best word that I can say is inviting and accessible to anybody. Um, and why I say that is just, I always feel that it is the place that if I knew, if I had a place like this to start yoga, this is where I would have gone, like to feel like, okay, because, and, and, you know, entering a hot room sometimes is overwhelming. You know, you do have a very a hard body response system. I always, I feel comfort in the heat now, but I don't know if I, you know, I, I was very overwhelmed the very first time I went into it. Um, so I do think that this is a great place sometimes for people to dip their toe in mm-hmm. and then see where they feel, um, feel the best to navigate. Um, with that being said, so recently you had a post about, um, about the yoga community. Can you elaborate on this post and why you <laughs> felt compelled to put this out into the, to the, the internets and to the ether? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the post was about ableism and more specifically extreme ableism in yoga and sort of the image that a lot of teachers are promoting as what yoga is and what people like 
you know, see when they first think of yoga. So the reason that I made this very lengthy post <laughs> where I was pretty angry in it was that I was having this discussion on Instagram with a teacher that I follow, and I might not be pronouncing her last name right, but her name is Jenny Rawlings. And she posted something about how to practice a very simple like lunge and whether or not this one alignment is correct or this other alignment is correct. And she was making the point that there isn't a right way to do it. It really depends on what your intention is and the way that you're practicing. Cause you know, if you push your hips forward more and you go into an anterior tilt, you're working on back bends. And if you do it this other way, you're stretching your hip flexors and like, so what do you want to do? And that should inform how you practice. And I really agree with Jenny's philosophy on a lot of the things that she promotes in her posts and her sort of myth busting around yoga. So she made this post and I shared it in my stories and I made my own commentary about it, about how alignment's a myth to a certain extent. And of course it, it matters how we move our body and alignment matters, but that there isn't a right way to practice. And so I kind of made that. We were in agreement with each other. I thought that was the end of it, right? And yeah, so it's, never of the course end. it's not. Yeah. So somebody commented um, in sort of a roundabout way that they didn't, and this was on Jenny's like Instagram feed. So I didn't see it until later actually, because it wasn't like, it was about me sort of, but it wasn't directed at me. So I saw it maybe a week later after it was posted. But this person commented that they didn't see any yogis who were posting advanced or intermediate postures who were in agreement with Jenny on her sort of alignmentless yoga. And so she started kind of like dissing her whole method and like saying that, you know, the yoga that you're promoting is great if somebody is like injured or in physical therapy or something like that, but it's not like anything that she would want to see um, if she's trying to deepen her practice. And so then somehow she ended up mentioning me because I had agreed with Jenny. So I was one of these people who agreed with her. And I guess she went and looked at my Instagram and said like, you know, that the stuff that I was posting basically didn't require strength or flexibility. And then she mentioned some other yoga person that she looks up to that is really like advanced. And I'm using like quotations, like advanced in their practice. And I went to look and see like what that feed looked like. And of course, and it was a pretty um, intense Ashtanga practice that this person was doing. So there were a lot of arm balances, a lot of inversions and legs behind the head type stuff. So pretty extreme postures and saying, you know, that she really respects this person as somebody who like is a real true yogi because all of this stuff requires strength. And I, there's a couple problems with this, right? <laughs> so of course I had a lot of feelings about it because I felt like I was personally attacked because I had been called out on the interwebs, you know, so this is here for everybody to see. And I also, I thought it was weird that she thought that my Instagram feed was sort of indicative of what my practice is. And also just like, I really pride myself in the stuff that I put out in the world because I've, I'm just very intentional about it because I want to be inclusive and this is like the image that I strive for. I don't want to turn people away from yoga. And so it, it just felt like really personal because this is something that I care about. So I responded back in a very professional way, just that, you know, comments like this are really what one of the big problems in the yoga world is right now promoting like these extreme postures is the only way that we can practice in an advanced way. And to imply that someone's not strong because they practice a certain way is also pretty ludicrous to me 
and me in particular, because you all know that I like power lift too. And I'm like, this is like a we'll weird conversation yeah. <laughs> for us to be having like about somebody not being strong. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I just, I responded that I think that this is like really problematic. Like this kind of comment is really problematic because it's promoting a certain image as like what yoga is. And this is really, ex I mean, it's exclusionary. So I brought that to her attention and actually she responded the next day and was like, I actually see your all's points. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. I regret having commented like, and she took it back. Can we make a note that for like, maybe this is like the one time in the history of the world that a comment on the internet actually <laughs> changed someone's opinion. So I'm going to clap right. it out for that. Lori. That's amazing. <laughs> a yeah, I don't have a really comment. great way. Yeah. Like you do have a really great way of like bringing information without being condescending or insulting to anyone. And that's just, you bring a lot of information because this is like not only your passion, but you're job like this is right, your right. this is your career Lori so, is always right. going to back up with facts and probably <laughs> 17 different books and resources that you can further in your education so this is true this is true yeah. she's coming well I appreciate <laughs> that I do strive for that I really and I just I wanted her to see without like being really negative because I think her response was pretty negative so I just wanted to like We'll balance it out with professionalism, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, I, I gave her a little bit about my background too in the post. I mean, it was a brief, it wasn't like a whole history or anything, but just that I did practice Ashtanga. Like I know the system and like that works until it doesn't work anymore. Right. And Isn't it's not for everybody. Hour? You, you took your 200 hour through Ashtanga. Yeah. Right. So I actually did my 200 hour in Ashtanga Vinyasa Yoga. <laughs> So it was like also this weird thing where she was like saying that Ashtanga is the like true practice. And I'm like, well, I do that sometimes, but I also do a lot of other things. That's where yeah. I felt like if she, like if you could just drop some major knowledge on her, like, listen, that's how I got my first train. She's like, oh. Right. So. Yeah. So it's strange, but um, yeah. So I just, it really struck me as like, okay, this is like an important conversation that we need to have, and I typically wouldn't respond to somebody on the internet in this way if they just like said something negative about me, but this just hit home in a way that it was an issue that I really cared about. I really, really want everybody to do yoga, and I don't think that it needs to look a certain way, and I actually don't think that's the goal. Like, I don't think that these, you know, in quotations, advanced postures are the goal, and I am just trying to promote that. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. I will say one of the coolest things um, that I took away from your training was before your training, I was one of those people that I liked advanced postures. I was a, a I think you call this um, in your post, like collecting postures. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, that's, that was me. I'm like, I had a Rolodex of things. And like, that's how I defined my kind of path in yoga. And then when I went through your training, you opened my eyes up to a completely different, you know, like, the, just, I feel like I leveled up in my yoga and mm -hmm. not so much in physically in the physical, uh, postures, but in what yoga really is. And like, it can change from person to person and it can change on your own journey. Um, you know, as you kind of filter through it, but it was one of those, it's less about the, the accomplishment at the end and more about like the journey of getting there. And that was, I feel like that was probably my most favorite thing that I took away from my 200 hours with you. And I was like forever in your debt for that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm so glad you were in there, Shannon. Oh, it was great. Yeah. Well, because Shannon is, I mean, I know that we talk about that a lot, but she, I mean, Shannon can achieve things 
like kind of with ease she you, you just have this mentality it looks easy, it looks easy. Not, <laughs> i'm not just kind of i'm discounting your effort uh but right. you know yeah. we have this and and you know might get some flack back on this but there is a thing called like body privilege and we've talked about that because we think that we are these shapes we are we have these certain shapes in our body and this is just what we've been granted with and so there are things that we've been able to do quite on the more easier side mm -hmm. because of our proportions or whatever and then it it is kind of disheartening the ease that sometimes that we do it i think that we promote this and um and i brought this question up to you laurie i was like as an instructor, do you feel like you have more of a responsibility to your community to say like, hey, this is authentic of how you move into things like at the ease of which you might be able to or or something mm -hmm. like that? Like, do you have a responsibility to those practitioners to, to mm -hmm. show like there is more of a journey for some people or maybe yeah. that's just a pose? So, you know, we break that down in a couple of different ways in, in our teacher training, too, where we talk about what you just mentioned, like proportions, like there are certain bodies that are going to be able to do certain postures more easily. And that is just a fact. And so like some things are going to be a lot harder for other people. And then the other question that we bring up is like, does it matter? Like, do we need to strive to this thing that is so maybe extreme, right? I mean, it's not just challenging in the sense that like, if you really set your mind to it, you can get it. But bodies are made so differently that like we can really hurt ourselves forcing some of this stuff. And at that point, it's becoming more of a conversation and a, a practice of athleticism than it is about yoga. So I do think we have a responsibility to help people deepen their practice because that's why we're yoga teachers. And deepening the practice is really about finding everything else in the yoga practice that's not physical, right? So there's so much depth to what yoga can offer us. And if we just focus on the physical, we're just fitness instructors. And there's nothing wrong with being a fitness instructor, but if we're going to call ourselves yoga teachers, we need to teach yoga. And that's a lot more than handstanding. Yes, and to your point with bodies being different shapes and being built differently, um, I, I do sometimes feel in the, oversharing world that we live in, it's very easy for people to like posture shame and mm -hmm. kind of to your point of your earlier uh, conversation. But I, I also feel like body shaming is a form of posture shaming because if my body is not built to do this posture, the way that a book, you know, has guidelined or the instructions say that this is how this posture should be done, but my personal body is not built to do that posture in that way. Doesn't mean I'm not doing the posture just means that my body doesn't look like the stick figure in the book and that's right. okay. And I think that that's something that I, I hope. And I think teachers like you who are putting this message out there, um, that more people will start to feel more inclusive when the language of teachers and the language and what we've been shown changes to mm -hmm. accommodate that and just being more accepting of, you know, like, listen, we're not going to shame you for not being able to do a lunge, you know, in a 90 degree, you know, no right. weight over your toe type thing. It's no, like your body is going to do what your body is allowing you to do right. in that moment. Right. And I can, yeah, it's so interesting because the main question that people ask me when they're thinking about doing a teacher training. And these people maybe have practiced for like 
10 years and they're like, I don't know if I'm ready. What postural requirements does this training have before I can apply to be a mm-hmm. yoga teacher? And I'm like, no, that's not, that's not what this is about. And so mm-hmm. that's, that's something that people get really hung up on that maybe they can't do a handstand or they, they don't care to do a handstand. Right. And then they're afraid to be, they, they think that they can't are they're excluded from deepening their practice in this way because they can't do that, right? Or they don't want to do that. That's like not what it's about for them. And when I explain that to them, I think it's really free <laughs> to know that. And yoga doesn't need to be this, you know, one-stop shop, right? And I think that that's part of like what this, our culture has become to this sort of convenience culture where it's like, I want to do this one thing and it's going to be my fitness going to be like my peace of mind and you know my self-care it's going to be all of those things and I'm going to do it in this hour and it's done and like cool if that can happen but that just isn't the case right I mean all yoga includes all of those things but it doesn't have like it's this pressure that we put on it to be this like fix right like it's going to fix us and I think it can certainly, you know, help us through a lot of different aspects in our life. And I think it can improve physical fitness and it will give us peace of mind and it has the ability to be a lot. But I think we need to like really diversify the way that we practice if we're really expecting to get all of that out of yoga. It's not going to just be from this like really hard vinyasa class and you're going to leave and you're enlightened and you're like, you've got a six pack and you've got all this stuff. Like that's just not how it works. Yeah. I am so, so, so happy you said that. I think that that is verbalizing a lot of the things that have gone on in my brain that I did expect so much out of my practice because at one time it was like an identity. Mm-hmm. It was the mm-hmm. identity in which I existed. And then once I have begun to just like kind of almost let, let that go because it's 2020, you let a lot of shit go. <laughs> um, and that was the identities that I just shed. I was like, you know, I'm just, that's not something that makes me up. I, mean, I, have, I have a brain, I have thoughts, I'm creative. Um, and I think that it is, it can't be the one-stop shop for all those yogis out there that you're not, you're not going, this is not going to encompass all that you are. Like you are Mm -hmm. so much more than just your practice. And, um, one of the most profound things that you've ever, I mean, I still carry this one thing in my head from the very, one of the very first, uh, classes that you ever taught me. Like I was, um, Mm -hmm. a practitioner, you said, I caught you after class. And you, I was like, well, how about getting into this particular posture like this? Would this work? And you said, maybe. And then I asked you again another way. And you're like, maybe. Like, (laughs) and then, and you were always just like, well, and this like, maybe or like, why not? Because it's never like a, a, a particular way to do something. You always gave like permission to flex, like where you wanted to be. Like, it might work for you. I don't know. I'm not your body. I always found so much appreciation with that. And I hope that that was the one thing I was carried into my classes. I was like, well, maybe I don't, I'm not your body. I maybe, why not try it? Yeah. I, I, will, I see like something really bad going on, but at the end of the day, like, you know, your body. And I, I guess for those listeners out there, I think that just, that is a piece that I will, I think you should have in any class you take in, whether it's a bar or a cycle or a power lift or maybe. Right. it's just no one's the absolute expert on your body you are yeah yeah and yoga being a mind body practice I mean it's really about that connection and exploration so you know maybe is sort of that perfect answer it's like I don't know you got to figure it out like yeah. I can't help you get that you know right. like 
but try yeah, and I, see what happens. I think part of the journey that you find in yoga is that you, you may have a goal and your goal could be, I really just want to, I, I want to get through this class and your goal could change every day. I mean, maybe your, your goal is I just want to breathe with intention today. And mm-hmm. maybe your mm-hmm. goal is I, I just want to stay on my mat because I'm having a hard time. I could drop into tears in any moment. Let me just get through this class. So I think it's really a beautiful thing when you realize that your practice is just that it is a practice. It is not perfect. It is going to change every day and giving yourself the permission to be messy in that and also to redefine your goals and to realize that if you set a goal, you have every, every ability to change it at any point. Mm-hmm. If it's not serving you, let it go. Right. Yeah. And one thing I, I know when I see a lot of people get really frustrated because they, they can't get, you know, a certain posture yet, like they don't have it yet. I'm like, okay, well, can we enjoy this moment though? Because what happens when you do get it? Oh my gosh. I know. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you got it. Like, should we have a party? And then it's over, you know, like if you don't enjoy right now and just the practice itself, like then this, this whole thing that we're doing is meaningless mm-hmm. because you're yeah. always going to be working for that next thing. And at some point that next thing's not going to happen. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Or there's going to be a day where the, where you are right now is never going to happen. Like your body's going to start to not do the things right. at one point. Right. Age will, <laughs> age will supersede a lot of these things. Absolutely. So there will be like a day where you're like, I wish I was there. Yeah. Remember that time I could just do that. Mm-hmm. So that's why I also I appreciate like if I even if I hold something that whatever that pose may be, I'm like, oh, there's gonna be a day I won't be able to do this. Yeah. And that's I'm gonna enjoy this. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. I used to have a teacher that said like, you know, when people would get really into, you know, getting a pose, like, you know what the only pose is that you get to take with you. That's corpse pose. (laughs) (laughs) And so it just kind of puts things in perspective. It's like if we can't enjoy our life right now and like what we're in this journey, then why? And I'm glad you brought up the thing about age too, just like that a lot of these things, I mean, we were going to lose them, right? Like we're not going to be able to do this forever if we want to keep practicing, you know, into our you know, later years. And it really brings up the question of like, what is advanced yoga then? Are we saying that older people can't have an advanced practice? Like, are, are people willing to say that, you know, cause that's really what I want to ask the people who think that like, this is yoga, like this image of these advanced postures is what we're striving to get. And it's like, okay, so are we excluding all of these other people who can't? And that's the thing that really gets me fired up. <laughs> That's, it's funny that during this pandemic, I taught a class every week and my mom was one of the people that was on the class with me and she's 64. And she told me at the very beginning, she was like, I really want to learn how to do the splits. And I was like, oh, wow, mom, that's, that's yeah. a lofty goal right there. I mean, I'm, I'm here to help you where I can. And I'm like, but, but why, like, what's going to happen right. when you get them? And she's like, Cause I'm 64 and I just want to know if I can do it. And I'm like, that's, <laughs> that's great. Right. That's perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was kind of to your point, it was, you know, she's picking up yoga later in her life and she's loving it. And, you know, for her, yes, a split would be great, but it's also for her just something to work towards. And she mm-hmm. just, you know, she's one of those people that just likes to have a goal to look at, but I'm like, this is great. And she's there. 
you know, times where she shows up and she's like, I could do this today. I mean, she, she was like beside herself the day that she lifted her toes off, just like, just to hover in crow. I, I mean, Oh, we all I remember that day. Yeah. That was I mean, a great yeah. day. <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh, that's you know, so it's, that's so good. That's like the flip side of this whole conversation too, is that sometimes people are attracted to the yoga practice because they see these things that they like want to do as a goal. And then, you know, once they get there, they get all this other wonderful stuff out of yoga as well. And I'm like, so I don't want to like diss the advanced, like, you know, the advanced postures. Cause I think that there's a lot of value in it. And I not, I don't mean to say that people shouldn't try or shouldn't do it, but it should not be the Focal point of goal, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and that was kind of the <coughs> excuse me, the dichotomy of our conversation, like as we, as we were kind of floating in and out of this, because we're not saying like you're gonna you're going to have a set mindset and and have a clear direction, like leaving this conversation or listening to this conversation. You can look at what Shannon and I do on our Instagram and on Crazy Zen, and we we post these like pull ups. That might be an advanced thing to do. And I'm not saying don't do it. I'm not saying do do it. I you know we are promoting that in a way that um, that we feel like this is really great for our body, but I'm like, should I not do that? You know, yeah. that, it's mm-hmm. a good question to ask. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that there's always two sides of the coin. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it, I think you bring up a good question. Like yeah. how you, how you approach, approach things in your body is extreme. Well, and I do think that there's a little bit of a difference with posting something like pull-ups that do require a lot of strength and then, pra- and then posting, you know, a yoga practice that is only, you know, composed of these advanced postures, because I think that yoga in a way, like kind of needs to be a separate conversation from fitness. And I mean, I think with fitness, we have a lot more freedom to kind of like showcase ability in a way that like, okay, here's a thing that we're like doing and let's see if we can do it. But I think with yoga, it like if it's about doing a posture, then it loses the whole essence of like what yoga is, mm-hmm. you know? So it, for me, it's like slightly different to like have these conversations about extreme ableism and, and yoga. And then, um, and of course that's a problem in other disciplines as well. But I, do you get what I'm saying about like, I think yoga is a little different from like, I don't know, fitness posts. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I can see your yeah. point there. Yeah. And maybe it's not, I don't know, but, um, I think for me, I guess just knowing what yoga is to me and like how, you know, the sort of modern postural yoga practice that a lot of people think is yoga now is really only like, you know, a hundred years old when people think it's like thousands, but that's not what yoga was, you know, that was again, during your training, um, those layers that you start to uncover of like, Oh, wow. I've had a very small scope of what I thought yoga was until I learned of, I mean, postures are just one small sliver of what really encompasses, you know, just even the term yoga. Mm -hmm. So it was, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that that's something that is and can be intimidating to people who are trying yoga for the first time as they see, you know, yoga pants and a yoga mat and a yoga studio. And it's like, that's part of it, mm-hmm. but that's not the right. whole story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think that yoga should just be sort of that, like, it's not the place where we come to like stroke our ego, you know, like, I think some people like need to do that in some ways. Yeah. Let's, let's do that somewhere else. Like that's yeah. not the yoga practice. And I will be a hundred percent honest. The times that my ego comes with me to yoga are the times that I get hurt. 
because mm-hmm. I will practice for my ego and I'm like, I shouldn't be in this posture. And then I'm walking around with a crazy yoga hamstring problem for like six months. And I'm like, that's my ego. That's me trying right. to push myself into something I had no business doing Yeah, just to prove a point to myself. I'm like, that, right. you know, and hopefully those sorts of lessons carry into other physical activities, you know? Mm-hmm. So like exactly. we do practice yeah. our yoga off of our mat and we don't maybe need to stroke our ego. Other right. And that's a, a great point too. Like kind of going into this pull-up conversation, I know that you mm-hmm. do a lot of heavy lifting and that's something that you've really taken, um, you know, a passion with and you learn very quickly to be very humbled in under weights. You're like, okay, got it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, in every day, you know, you, you show up and you're not guaranteed to move past where you were the day before. Like you kind of have to mm-hmm. earn, you know, each day is going to bring something different, but you also, you can't bring your ego into that show either, or you get mm-hmm. shut down real quick. <laughs> Absolutely. So tell us about yeah. your powerlifting yeah. journey and like what that means to you now. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I think I needed something separate. Like I need to keep my life, my yoga separate from fitness. And when I start to neglect fitness and other, you know, capacities, like I see that start to come into my yoga practice. And it's like, no, I have to remind myself, like, that is not what this is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not that, and not that yoga is not hard and not that it doesn't challenge or like physically, you know, have benefits, but I just need to keep it separate so that I can get the sort of mindfulness things that I need to get out of it. And my like strengthening my mind body connection, but you know, with powerlifting, I, I had an injury that like made me stop running as much. So I just was trying to look for something else to do that would help me with the, you know, the fitness part of my needs. And I got into that and I really loved it and deadlifting specifically, like that's, that's my main lift. And it sort of mimics because it's a pulling action rowing. And I used to be a rower in college. So um, it just kind of felt like a natural fit. And it like lets me be competitive with myself in a way that I want nothing to do with in my yoga practice. Yeah. I that. Yeah, I do too. And I think as someone who owns a studio and, you know, your passion is to teach yoga, you do have to have a separate lane because I mean, yes, it's something you love, but you also don't want to burn out on mm-hmm. your livelihood and like what Absolutely. you love to teach people to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think it's important for me as the studio owner, cause I'm here so, so much and I teach so much that I need to do something outside of the studio. And even though I love practicing here and I think our teachers are amazing and I love doing my yoga practice here, like I need something else that like is more separate from my work. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's really that, that really gets it for me. Yeah. And I did make the decision kind of recently to make my powerlifting content totally separate from my like personal account. And that was intentional too. Cause, um, cause I'm still kind of like navigating that, like, you know, what's it like to post that stuff? Yeah. Like you were talking about with the pull-ups and I don't know the answer, but I don't want it to be really with my yoga stuff. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. I love, I love your your lifting feed. Cause I, I mm-hmm. find it very inspiring and I find it very, um, like, I just love to see women becoming so strong in something that may, I mean, it, again, it's, it's one of those, like, she's a powerlifting yogi. That's the craziest, you know, <laughs> duality of them all. But again, I love to see that. I love that you're not like so boxed in of like what something has to be. Um, but I, I mean, I say, keep posting it. I mean, it just inspires people to, 
you're like, God, that's impressive. And maybe for some people, they don't want to lift like super heavy things, but maybe 95 pounds for somebody is like, no, that's my goal. Like that's, Mm -hmm. that could be somebody's empowering moment where it's like, wow, I never thought that I could do that. And without seeing, you know, your journey along the way, it may not have ever sparked, you know, that kind of someone. Yeah. And I do like sharing it and it's kind of like a way to connect with that community a little bit too, and learn more. I mean, Instagram has a lot of great content, right? I mean, there's a lot of educational stuff on Instagram. I know we started this conversation with kind of like trolls, but yeah, (laughs) but there's a lot of great stuff on Instagram. So I do like participating in those conversations, like with the lifting community and, and with the yoga community, but they were starting to feel really separate to me. And even though there's a lot of crossover and of course I like, you know, lift mindfully and that's like a whole nother way for me to like connect with my body. I just like need to keep it separate. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And that's just something I know about myself because I do have a, a background in, you know, a lot of athletic activities that were competitive and I just in my mind and just my tendencies know that like I can get that way. And that's like part of what part of the post that I made about ableism was like a little bit about my history too of having injured myself um, or like been in situations where I kind of like allowed it to happen because I wanted it, you know, and mm-hmm. I like don't ever want to be back at that place again. Yeah. I totally yeah. yeah. Well, as we, we wrap this up, um, I want to ask, I know that you have some fun accounts that you follow on Instagram. What are the ones that like brings you joy that you check every day that you're uh, like, yes. Oh my gosh. Hen Stefani. <laughs> Hen Stefani is the best. So there's just chickens and they're amazing and everybody should follow Hen Stefani. That yeah. is awesome. <laughs> I really like that. There's one that just recently changed their name and they have like a lot of minks. Um, it might be called I might get this wrong. It might be the whiskers of wild oak. I think that they may have just changed it, but like there's minks and I think that they have like maybe some prairie dogs. I don't know where they get all this stuff, but like they rescue things. And, and I think it's really educational too, because they like show that these are kind of like vicious animals. Like you should not own them as pets, but this is like my job to like rescue these animals. And yeah. And so you get to see the beauty of like some wild creatures and mm-hmm. like them having a new home. And I think that the minks were rescued from fur farms. So like, oh, it's no. just kind of this lovely situation on the, it just makes you feel good. Yeah. <laughs> there are yeah. still good things on the internet. I tell yes. you. Yeah. Do you follow Chunk the Groundhog? No. You have oh. to. This Chunk is really nice. When we wake up, like it's a, kind of a race to see who can get to him first. It's just like, like did you see, see Chunk, Chunk today? <laughs> It's like a, oh so God. Chunk is the dad of the group and he started off just as the lonely go- uh, groundhog and then he had a family and now it's like a family of things and now there's like a skunk and a squirrel and like sometimes oh. a duck. It's, oh, wow. it's like a community. He, there's this this gardener that was noticing that um, like some animal was like wreaking havoc on his garden and he's like, but it would be like just a couple bites of a tomato or a couple bites of carrots and he's like, <laughs> you can't finish like the whole thing. So he set um, like a, a GoPro, a, a, yeah, a GoPro up to try to catch the criminal. And <laughs> this groundhog would seek out the GoPro and like get things and just eat it right in front of it. And he just pops like, up oh, as like taunting. Wow. Yeah. So, and then it became like this really funny feed that he would post. And now, like, Chunk has 
he's verified on Instagram. He's yeah. got merch. I mean, he's, he's got amazing. a picnic table. I mean, he's got a pool. He deserves it. He's oh. got a fountain. He's they put up decorations yeah. around like the garden. They lay out stuff. It's hilarious. And it's yes. so wor- I even saw like this other feed that there's like a beaver at uh some <laughs> did you see this? Yeah, at yeah. some kind of zoo and it's now yeah eating the cabbage and now it's like the feed that everyone's been watching during quarantine and during pandemic because it's known to like reduce your anxiety by like 80 to 70 percent yeah okay i need you all to send me all these things it's hilarious yeah we'll definitely do it like wow the little claws like (laughs) it's it's great i'm like i've never wanted to hear something chew so much i hate adults chewing but i'm like i can listen to a groundhog i know it's, I love it. Oh my god! <laughs> we really love talking to you this morning. I really th- thank yes. you for this like oh so special Sunday time for for us. And yeah, oh, thank you all for having us. me. I love spending time with you all. And one day I will get to be with you in person again. Yes. We need to go brunching or get tacos or both or both. Yeah, we can do all of those. Sounds <laughs> yeah. great. I'm into it. Yes, and we'll definitely <laughs> post all that. Uh, tell our listeners where they can find you and all the accounts now. Yeah. Okay. So I my. Personal account is Laurie Keat. So L-A-U-R-I-E-K-E-E-T. That's a play on like parakeet or Laurie Keat, you know, because mm-hmm. I love birds. And <laughs> Laurie Lifts Heavy is my lifting account. Yoga.baum, B-A-U-M, is where you can find all the stuff about the studio and our happenings there. And yogabaum.com has a lot of information about what we do. Great. Awesome. Well, thank all you, right. Lori. We love you so much. We love you. I yeah, love you too. <laughs> love you both. I hope you have a great rest of your Sunday. You too. Thanks, you too. Thanks for sharing your time with us. Help keep the CZL momentum going by rating our podcast and writing a review. If you love what you heard in today's episode, snap a screenshot and post it to your Instagram stories. Don't forget to tag us.